We're good. Welcome. Welcome, welcome back to Beyond the Sunday Sermon. I'm Pastor Craig here with Pastor Jerry. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening. Uh, We are in Ephesians 2, uh, the second half. Uh, We're doing two weeks on verses 11 through 22, and just this first time was just 11 through 18, uh, if you have your Bibles there. It was uh, focusing on uh, the hostility that was between Gentiles and Jews, uh, the fact that he's addressing Gentiles and saying, uh, basically, you were apart from Israel, you had no hope, you were cut off from the covenant community. Um, before Christ came, but now that Christ has come, uh, that hostility has been put to death. Mm. So that um, it, it, it's just really striking again and again. I think we've seen in Ephesians how it's always in Christ, in Christ, through Christ. Because Christ came, this is simply true now of you. Um, so he's, he's not getting into a lot of imperatives yet, even though the end of chapter 1 was a prayer um, that we can imitate, he's still focused on all that has happened in Christ. So just just like what we have in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. It echoes verse 4, but Hmm. God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So this passage really... Uh, turns us to the horizontal implications mm. of uh, what was already true in verses 1 through 10. Mm. And uh, the two main metaphors, at least for this week, were, were peace. Mm. We were at war uh, with each other and with God. And now we have, uh, he has made in himself. He himself is our peace, we're told. And then we've also gone from two to one. Uh, The dividing wall has Mm. been broken down. Uh, The end of the passage, which we'll look at next Sunday, is uh, the fact that we are being made into the holy dwelling place of God. So we'll talk more about the temple presence. Mm. But this week, uh, what should we start off with, Jerry? Yeah, well, first I just want to, like, as as you were rehashing... um, the, the, the main point to the sermon, it really did strike me how verses 11 through 18 and, um, you know, mirrors verses, you know, uh, one through one through 11 or one through 10, should I say, and it has the same cadence. It's this mm-hmm. is life outside of God. This is life inside Christ. Uh, and something massive has happened in verses one through 10. You have a, the great shift from. Um, you were under God's wrath to now you are experiencing his life-giving mercy. Now he Mm. draws near to you Mm. here. You are at, you are, um, there's a hostility between you and another group of people, but that is all shifted. And now those two persons have become one. I mean, it's, it's, Mm. it has the same exact cadence. Mm. Um, which I think should challenge us to not just be one through 10 Christians. Right. Mm -hmm. I think one through 10 is very famous. Uh, sort of the basics of the gospel, as it's often explained, but then we don't get to 11 through 22. Mm, we mm. sort of stop there yeah. at verse 10, and we talk about the good works that we're created to do. Um, but you can't really have 1 through 10 without 
11 through 22. It, yeah. it absolutely is the same uh, same gospel, same mm-hmm. essentials, mm-hmm. The, the same direct implication of Christ coming. Mm-hmm. Because you see that in that parallel, I think yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Christ has come, therefore you who are dead are alive. Right. Christ has come, therefore you who are separate are brought near. Brought near. Brought near. I mean, it, it really is a... It, I was thinking this after the sermon. Um, I'm just thinking in very uh, like modern-day earthy terms. Because I, I, th- I think you were bringing up the challenge that um, either whether it be a Christian or a non-Christian, when they hear th- this passage and they, they hear what this is saying and they look out at the world and it doesn't seem to match. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think it's offering an answer mm-hmm. to the problem. And the first way it answers it, it says that there is a problem to address and it must be addressed and it has been addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's comforting. That's helpful that we have a worldview, um, that is extremely honest mm. with the predicament of the world. I mean, relentlessly honest. It doesn't brush over. There is hostility between two groups of people mm-hmm. and God didn't just come to save me as an individual. He came to save me, but also reconcile me to, um, to another person, because as you brought up in Genesis, you brought up Genesis, how there was that separation between God and Adam and Eve, but instantly we see from that separation, Adam and Eve were then separated from each other. And then obviously we see Cain and Abel separated from each other. The rest of the Bible is, is what we see here. Right. We see God and man separated man and man at war against each other. And the entire Bible is aiming at answering and right. solving that problem. And even humanity and nature. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. once once we're cut off from God, everything goes askew. Mm-hmm. Right. Things fall apart. That's yeah. that's just what happens. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, I do think it is it, it is it is interesting as I am trying to put my my mind put put myself as best I can into this first century situation. Here is this brand new church. There's probably a mixture of young and old um, and everything in between. Um, of uh, Ephesians who have left or have they're entering into a brand new community. They've heard this great new message and they're entering this brand new community. And I'm just picturing this old Ephesian man or woman. They've lived their entire life the Ephesus way, whatever, whatever that, whatever that was. They worship the the Ephesians gods. um, And up to this point, they've had a level of success and happiness. And yet Paul can still say to them at one point up until now, you had no hope without God in the world. Mm. Like, I just wonder how that sounds. Like, that is, that, that is such a challenge mm. to hear that. That my entire way of life up to this point, though it had the infrastructure of, of success, like it, everything led, you know, I, I'm, I'm alive, I have a home, I have all these happy things. But to look back and say all of that was not rooted in any sort of hope because I didn't have God. Mm. Didn't have God. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a uh, it, it's interesting because he's addressing Christians, mm-hmm. and so he's it's like he's already he's trying to convince people who are already believers. Mm-hmm. This is what this is how bad you had it. This is how far off you were, mm-hmm. and that that reminded me of something I didn't bring up in the sermon, but some commentaries point out this this difference between the peace that Rome claimed to. Uh, established this Pax mm. Romana mm. was 
was what they claimed to have sort of successfully established throughout the world, right? The Roman Empire now mm -hmm. had this grand Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very violent peace. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a peace that required a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. And yet you have Jesus here becoming himself our peace hmm. by taking on that violence, on violence. by hmm. being killed that he may kill the hostility so hmm. it seems like he, that's another big contrast for the hmm. the ephesian person there hmm. is there's one sort of peace and you've seen how hmm. horrific it is mm -hmm. to to instill uh it's really only peace for certain types of people and then you have this other kind of peace hmm. uh, that that is cosmic that is nonviolent in this sense, mm. and that's good. Maybe it's we, powerful. Maybe we should, we should go into that because you did bring up the the, the difficulty that um, we, you know we may have as we're reading this passage. We, we look at the world and we see all sorts of division. We look at the church and there's a lot of division. It doesn't seem very peaceful in many many ways. But yet Paul here is saying um, there is, there is peace. The hostility has been killed. So. What is Paul saying? <laughs> is Paul just trying to pull the wool over our eyes? I mean, it's, it is a good reminder. I, do, I wish I had brought this out in the sermon. Um, Paul's not oblivious mm -hmm. to, to the issues around him, and he's certainly not oblivious. He's writing from prison, and he's proclaiming a Lord who was crucified at the hands of this Roman peace. Mm -hmm. um, so... It does seem like it's a direct challenge to the prevailing culture to say you can get there's one way to get peace, and that's the sort of peace you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to kill people who are a threat to the emperor. Mm -hmm. um, or there's another peace that's going to swallow that hostility mm -hmm. and say this, this is actually the way to cosmic mm. perfect peace. Mm. And I do think he's, he's pulling on the, the major biblical Old Testament. Uh, theme of shalom, mm -hmm. peace. We've we've neutered the word peace to make it sound soft and and as an absence mm -hmm. of of conflict, absence of war, and that's just that's maybe a necessary condition, but certainly not sufficient. Like that's mm -hmm. part of it, but biblical shalom is the full presence of God. It's mm -hmm. the kingdom of God where the lion can lie down with the lamb mm -hmm. and the little boy can play over the, the snake's den, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it, it seems like this is not, this is not, uh, he's not even saying be peaceful, you individual mm -hmm. Christians. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think we should read this individually. He doesn't go off and then say be peaceful. Yeah. Other places he'll say, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Yeah. Yes. But in this case, this is about who you are now mm -hmm. as a community in Christ. Mm -hmm. You are such that you are at peace. Mm. That's, that's, help, that's helpful. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if there's a, I think, I think there is, but um, I'm sure there is, but the, the logic of Ephesians 2 up to this point, mm. I just wonder, like, how would the text have read if Paul started off Ephesians 2 with verse 11, mm. where it was, he came and he brought peace to, you know, there was this hostility, but he starts off with the, the war that we have with God and the, mm. and the war that God has with us. Right. And that seems to be the, the, the ultimate conflict, the ultimate problem that we have. 
Um, it's not that, oh, I'm at war with this other person. Yes, that's a problem. But our ultimate problem is that I'm at war with God. I don't have peace with God. And here's why I say that, because Ephesians um, chapter 2, verse 10, that whole section, before it jumps into ours, it ends with God prepared all these good works. Before you walked in dead works, now you walk in all these good works. Mm. Um, and I was, as, as I was thinking about it and listening to your sermon, you know, prior to us being in Christ, our dead works, even if they were quote-unquote, you know, had a veneer of goodness to them because they often do a lot of you know a lot of people outside of christ do wonderful wonderful things the problem is if they're at war with god those good works have to be perpetually good perfect forever if not they're under condemnation mm-hmm. but out but now being in christ you're free to try mess up and not be condemned mm-hmm. um and i think that's what we have here i think that's the piece so as as an example of that when I was in seminary learn, learning Hebrew, one of the things our professor wanted us to experience was the freedom to mess up without being harshly graded. <laughs> so our, that was our homework. Our homework was not graded. Just do it because he said you need a place to make a mistake so you can learn. Mm-hmm. There was a presence of peace there because I wasn't going to be judged based on how well I did. Mm-hmm. He just said, do it. Everything else, yes, was going to be graded. Mm-hmm. But there, there was, there was a presence of peace when it came to doing homework. Mm. Um, because the condemnation, the judgment was absolutely taken away. Right. And I think that's what's happening. I think that's what this piece is. It's not, oh, there's no longer absolutely any conflict that, you know, that, that you're going to have. But that main conflict that you have is gone. Yeah. There's nothing that separates me from you any longer. I can actually cross this barrier and not be judged. If society judges me, so be it. But I'm not, you know, I can cross that barrier. Right. Um, That's a good word. And it's it's a good, uh, I like that you brought in freedom too. There's mm-hmm. a freedom in our relationships now mm-hmm. that we can have because this, the peace is something that he has given us. Mm. It, it's already, this is all related to Jesus' death. Mm. I mean, it's amazing how it's all presumed upon the hostility has died. Mm-hmm. So we already exist at peace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we can be free to mm. encounter, confront each other. We can be free to mess up, as mm-hmm. you say. We can be free to deal with real need mm-hmm. and real conflict mm-hmm. because that peace is not going to change. Right. It's it's there. It's already given. Mm-hmm. We're not all of a sudden going to become estranged. Right. If we do become estranged, which of course we do, mm-hmm. it it's simply uh, we're we're falling away from what was first given mm-hmm. in Christ. So mm-hmm. it's again, it's a contradiction. Yeah, against our very being right. in Christ, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is what we see sin is often is is it's you're running up against what you have been given or what you have been designed mm-hmm. as. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's foolish, right? It's, it's yeah. like this absurd thing to do, and yet we keep doing it. Hmm. Yeah, that's it is. It is such a good word to to live. I think you said this in the sermon to live out of who you are, like yeah. in Christ. I, th- I mean, you may have said it in other sermons, but you said it a number of times. But that's that's the struggle of the Christian Christian life is to live from who we are who God has said we are, where God has placed us and not always trying to clamor and, and reach for something that we're not yet. That's, that's something hard. we should really <laughs> keep in mind, I think, yeah. as we preach through Ephesians, because mm. 
It's like the whole letter is structured that way. Mm-hmm. It starts with being. This is who you are mm-hmm. over and over and over. And he doesn't get to any real imperatives until chapter four. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple minor ones as he's sort of encouraging us to pray and, mm-hmm. and be aware of these things. But mm-hmm. remember, I mean, that's an imperative, but yeah. it's like, remember who you are. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's really I, counter to the Western, like, it really is work it, ethic and everything we got to achieve. Yeah. Because in the Western work ethic, our worth is tied to what we do right. and how well we do it. So we're, we're, so we're, we're constantly trying to shape and form ourselves. Mm. I mean, yes, there is growth that we must, must have, but it's, you know, my, my work ethic isn't necessarily making me into a new person. Right. It's, it, it's, it's not doing that. Christ has made me into a, a new person. And the freedom that I have now to, to pray honestly to God without the fear of, did I not do well enough? That's gone. Mm. The fear now that if, if, if I'm being confronted by a brother or sister in Christ about something that I may have done wrong, I don't have to fear mm. that changing anything essential about me because I'm forgiven, I'm in Christ, I could, we can move forward. There's always forward movement. Um, so that just frees us up relationally, frees us up individually between us and God. Um, and it actually frees us to confront our sin and not to hide it, you know, not, not, not to hide it at all because nothing, the most essential part of me has been taken care of. Right. Ultimately, everything else now is just for movement. Mm-hmm. It should be. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of living out who you are. It's living out your, your destiny. Yeah. He's going to talk about, we are being built up into Christ. Mm. We were, we are like fitting together almost like, how the, the bones had to fit together when they were raised in Ezekiel's mm. Valley of Dry Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, but we already are. He's creating in himself. He has created in himself one new man in place of the two. Yeah. It's, mm. it's this already not yet mm. reality, I think, that this is who you are. Act like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something you can achieve, even though it's something you're working towards and yeah. praying for, hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, that's why this is the... <laughs> It's I, I I I just love the Bible because it 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 really has so much relevance for every day life mm-hmm. and moment to moment experience of of the difficulties of life and the confusions of life and it has an answer and what we're talking about here it it can seem so ancient um, you know we don't speak in terms of Jew and Gentile you know we we don't we don't speak about um, us being without hope with God in the world and things like that but. Well, what we've just talked about is really helps a person who is sitting at their desk on Monday morning wondering, am I doing well enough at my job? Mm. It's answering the question to the student at, in college or in high school or in middle school is wondering, if I, get this, if I don't get this A on the test, am I going to make it into, the co- into college? Mm. What are my parents going to think? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it answers the question. It, 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 it speaks to the husband and wife who are having um, relational difficulties. Uh, and the husband or the wife wondering, are they good enough? It has all the relevance in the world for those, for those situations because that's where the Christian life is often lived. And you know, Paul has given us this grand you know, Mount Everest view, but it, it trickles down and it really infiltrates every single corner. It's like to know that I'm at peace with God and I'm at peace with my fellow neighbor also, whether it be Jew or Gentile. <laughs> um, 
I, I do think it, another challenge, though, is like we don't talk about Jew or Gentile, but we certainly talk about or, or we act. We have all sorts of ways in which we do divide mm-hmm. each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so any, any ways that we sort of treat each other uh, in ways that this is not true. Mm-hmm. So in, in other letters, I, I quoted from Colossians and Galatians where he gives that list. There's no Jew or Greek or Jew yep. or Gentile, mm-hmm. slave or free, male or female, barbarian. Mm-hmm. Like these, these categories are so fundamental to their society. Yeah. Like the, the literal word barbarian came from the Greeks not understanding these other people's languages and just thinking that they speak ba-ba, like that's what their language sounds like. Mm. So they called them barbarians. Like they, mm. they're the literal outsiders that they can't understand. Mm. And he's saying now that dividing wall has been killed mm. in Christ. Mm. And yet any way that we uh, still maintain those mm. worldly differences is, is then again. So that's another, I think, big implication for us right? Mm. as a church. Mm-hmm. How do we see each other act with each other in those ways yeah that we let the worldly distinctions bleed into the Mm. church Mm. and and give value to them and that's where a passage like this helps us see that helps us see how it's infiltrated because we we can work off of assumptions and work and 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 sort of play off the same script that the world plays plays on and not even realizing it so yeah that's that's another that's another profound implication that we maybe. have all these categories that, and <laughs> maybe that's partly why he does say remember. Mm. Mm. Like if you remember, you were so far. Like he says to Israel, remember you once were slaves too mm-hmm. in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when you know leave uh, leave some extra crops in your fields for the sojourners because yeah. you too were a sojourner. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it reminds the Gentiles, don't forget, you were also without hope. So when you see others without hope or others with like less worldly status, mm. you too are like that, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, mm. Christ Himself is our peace. That's good. That's really, really good. Mm. Amen. 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 Let's Amen. Uh, keep praying and working and acting as if this is all the truest reality of our lives. Mm. Amen. All right. See you next week. See ya. Peace.